Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Bibles, go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 8. 31 and 32. If you don't have your Bibles, of course, you're welcome to read right off of the screen behind me. And, you know, uh, some, or you can just look at the blue and enjoy it. Every week, uh, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, every week, you know, when we, when we minister in the Word, there, there are different things that God is, is showing us and bringing us. And sometimes it's very deep. Sometimes we're going to Bible school. Sometimes we're uh, going verse by verse and really breaking everything down. And then sometimes it's just a good old shot in the arm. And today, you're going to get a good shot in the arm. Today is going to be encouraging. And so, uh, now hopefully you'll learn something too, and maybe we will. But sometimes we need reminded of what we already know. Amen. Sometimes we just need it stirred. And so if you've come today and, and maybe the week has been tough or maybe you've been down or maybe you've been going through something in your life, you're going to leave here today full. You're going to leave here today fully charged and inspired and also challenged. And so if you're ready, say amen. amen. Gospel of John 8, 31 and 32. I'm reading from the uh, contemporary standard and that's, I think, what will be on the screen. I think we've got that one. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, somebody say continue. If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for today, and I need your help. I believe that you've stirred this in my heart, but I have no ability to stand here and do what I do without you. I am asking that you would fill me afresh, my mind and my mouth, my thoughts and my words. Help me to yield myself to you, that you may speak and that we would hear your voice today. Father, help us to hear your heart. Help us to receive what we hear. Help us to understand it. Help me to deliver it in the the simplest, most understandable way that nobody could miss what you're saying today. And Father, help us to mix it with faith that it would profit us something. Father, that we will leave here changed, that we will leave here corrected, that we will leave here equipped. Father, that we will leave full of faith to go back out into the world Father, and accomplish your will and your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. People always say the truth will set you free. But there are a lot of people that aren't free. And so the truth existing does not make people free. You have to know the truth for the truth to make you free. The truth does not make you free until you know it. Only the truth that you know sets you free. Come on, somebody. Only the truth that you know sets you free. 
It's kind of like when you know better, you do better. You can't do what you don't know. Jesus said, if you continue in my word. I was friends with this guy years ago, and we were trying to encourage his mom. She's gone on to be with the Lord. I believe that she went to be with the Lord. And her life, her whole life was so tragic. It was bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. It was very, very sad. She was a sweet person. She was a caring person. But she just made horrible decisions. She never, she never lived for the Lord. From the time she was young, it was bad relationship after bad relationship. And she was always holding on in her own power, trying to figure out stuff on her own. And she was street smart. But how many of you know street smart doesn't get you perpetual victory? Come on. It just kind of pacifies you until you get in the next dumb thing. And we were trying to encourage her, read the Bible. Read the Bible. And she said, I already read it. She said, I read the whole thing. She said, I read it years ago. And we both just looked at her. We both just looked at her. If you continue in my word, the Bible is not simply a textbook. It's not simply something to check off of a checklist. The word of God is alive. It is living, it is breathing. God is speaking through it every moment of every day. Whatever you read, wherever you go in the scripture, God is speaking through that scripture. I can't read it one time and then say I read it. I don't even remember what I read. You can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. You have to read it. You have to read it in context. You've got to read it out loud sometimes. You've got to read it with community. You've got to read it with a lot of prayer. And Jesus showed us that we need to read the written word and that we also must, must hear the preached word. How many, of you know, how many of you know that the preaching is never a substitute for reading the word? And reading the word is never a substitute for preaching the word. But collectively, as the body of Christ, we work through the word. We struggle with the word. We wrestle through the word. That's on purpose. Some people say, man, I can't quite get this. I wish I could just understand it. God inspired it that way on purpose. You're not supposed to sit down and understand everything you read. The Bible is intentionally put together to intentionally cause you to wrestle. Because it has more to do with your relationship with God in the journey and God revealing himself bit by bit and step by step and day by day. God continually teaching you a little more and a little more. That's how it's to be read. He said, if you continue in my word, I've got to continue in the word. He said, if you continue, you're really my disciples. How many of you know there are a lot of folk that are saved, but they ain't disciples? Salvation, people say, oh, salvation's a relationship with Jesus. No, it's not. Salvation is a free gift. A relationship has to be built. A relationship has to be built. There are a lot of people that are married that don't have a relationship with their spouse. Come on. A relationship has to be built. He said, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. Because it's then that you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
There are so many people that need freedom in different areas, even people sitting in church. And here's how they think freedom comes from God. They think they will get freedom from God by having me pray for them at the end. I will go and sit through this talk. I will feel all the feelings during the music. Whatever the drummer does will determine how high I lift my hands if I do it all. I know how it works. And then at the end, I'll take my problem to the altar and somebody will lay hands on me and I'll be free. Not how it works. Of course, we'll pray with you. But you have to cooperate in this thing. You have to get on board. You have to walk this thing out. You are not going to get freedom until you have the information. You have to learn what the Word of God says about it. You've got to learn what was paid for on the cross. And you have to appropriate it by faith in your relationship with the Lord. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom, somebody shout freedom. Freedom is something you have to know. You have to know freedom. My question today is, do you know freedom? Do you know freedom? You cannot have freedom without knowing something. Or in this case, without knowing someone. Without knowing someone. So, here we are. This is the week of uh, the 4th of July. The week of Independence Day. The week of Freedom Day. And everybody's talking about freedom and everybody's going to be getting together and setting off fireworks and doing all of these things to celebrate freedom. But I bet there are going to be a whole lot of people participating in activities that actually know nothing of freedom or the cost. That know nothing of the sacrifice of freedom, know nothing of the price of freedom. And don't really understand what it means to be free. And many of them, their own selves that are not free. That are not. In order to be free, you have to know something or someone. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 10 and 11, he said, that I may know him. This was his prayer. This was his desire. This was the cry of his heart concerning Jesus. He said, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And that I may share his sufferings. Now, some people think that this means to suffer, and many times in the Christian walk, we are going to suffer, but really this means to be a partaker of what he suffered for. Really, this means to be a recipient of what he paid for on the cross, to share in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. We've got some things we need to die to. It's salvation. Spiritually, we did die to some things. But how many of you know know that your brain did not get saved? Your brain is just a neutral place. Your brain is a computer program. It's a data bank and a database. And it's got all of your memories and your likes and your dislikes. It's all of this stuff. And so when you get saved, you don't suddenly forget. You don't suddenly forget what happened. You don't suddenly forget what you used to do or how you used to do it or how you used to get through or how you used to handle a problem. Our mind has to be transformed Romans 12 says, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
And Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to tap into that resurrection power. I want to become like him in his death. I've got stuff I need to die to that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The apostle Paul said, because of the great price of Jesus, because of the blood, because Jesus died, because he came, because he died, because he lives again, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, he said, I want to live in that power. He said, I want to live for what Jesus paid for. I want to live full of what Jesus paid for. I want to live out what he had to die for that I may know him. I want to know him. I don't just want his free gift. I'm in love. I don't just want his forgiveness. I want to know the one that forgave me. He has done this great thing for me. He's done all of this for us. I want to know that one. If somebody sent you a great gift... If someone paid off all of your debt, if you got a letter from the bank and they said, hey, a, a, a mystery person, an unknown benefactor, someone has paid off your home and your car and everything in your life, right? Wouldn't you say, who? Who did it? I want to meet them. I want to know that. I want to understand why did they do this? What was it that they saw in me that they wanted to sacrifice like that? I want to understand the kind of person that would pay off my debt. I'd like to be around them. I'd like to thank them somehow. I don't have any money to thank them. If I had that, I would have paid off my own house. So I can't pay them back the same way that they gave to me. But maybe somehow... Maybe somehow I can show my gratitude. I can show my appreciation. Maybe there's a service. Maybe there's something I know how to do. Maybe there's something that they need done. I'd like to know them. I'd like to be in relationship. I'd like to live for them. Can I tell you that 2,000 years ago, the Son of God left heaven and he came to earth and he paid all your debt. And I want to know him. I want to get to him. I can never pay him back the same way that he gave to me, but maybe there's something that I can do for him. Maybe there's some way I can serve him. He died for me. Maybe I can live for him. He gave a sacrifice in his death, but his word said he's asked me to be a living sacrifice. Maybe I can be a living sacrifice for the one that came and gave it all to me. Freedom is something you have to know. The Apostle Paul understood that experiencing Jesus is knowing Jesus. Now, you'll feel the Holy Ghost doodads. You'll feel all the goosebumps and stuff, which a lot of is not the Holy Ghost. A lot of it is just music in your mood. Sorry. And there are whole churches built on that. And people live their whole lives built on that. And they call stuff the Holy Ghost that you can get the same thing at a rock concert. This is not, a, this is not about I need to feel stuff so I'll go and oh, I felt stuff so it worked. I love to feel stuff. There's nothing wrong with feeling stuff. God gave you your emotions. He uses that. He uses that to build you up, to encourage you. He does that through music. So make sure it's the right kind of music. Or else you're getting good feelings with the wrong message. 
Think about that. But this isn't about coming to feel some stuff. This is about knowing him. And you don't know anybody without work. You got to put in work to know someone. What is relationship? Relationship is me talking to you and you talking to me. And the more that I learn you and you learn me, the more we go back and forth and exchange uh, expressing ourselves to one another, I begin to see how you react. I begin to learn how you reply. I begin to learn how you feel about certain things. And the more I'm around you, the more I am like you. Anybody here besides me that when you get around people, you start talking like them? You start picking up accents and you don't even mean to? When my friends come from Africa, Rose says, oh, no. Because pretty soon I'm going to be talking like that. (laughs) You're going to start picking it up. You start picking that up. Listen, I want to be around Jesus so much that I don't even notice I'm picking up his accent. I want to be around him so much that I know how he's going to react before he reacts. That I already, oh, I already know what Jesus is going to say about this. Because I've been with him. Because I've been around him to know him. He understood that experiencing Jesus is knowing Jesus. Now this week, we are celebrating our independence as a nation. And thank God for it. With all of the problems that we have, with all of the junk that we have, we've still got it really, really good in the United States of America. There are some places in the world that do not enjoy what we enjoy. There are some places that don't live in some of the liberties that we live in. So I thank God for it. I thank God for it. This week, we reflect on freedom. Freedom. So I thank God for this country. And I thank God that I am in this country. And I truly, humbly, Thank God for the freedoms that we have. But I would like to say that there are many that I hear in daily life who talk about God and country. Somebody say God and country. (laughs) I knew you'd say it just like that, especially summer. There are some folks that talk about God and country that I get the impression, it seems to me, that to them, that their Christianity is more like a proud national label to boast of rather than a relationship with Jesus himself. Am I talking to anybody? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Do you you hear what I just said? America. Jesus. Beer. Fireworks. God and country. I'm a patriot. See? Got a little of that in you. (laughs) Hopefully not too much beer this morning, but you know. All right. But I hear some folks that they mix up all this 
God and country where it's almost the same thing. Am I talking to anybody? It's like it's the this, this same thing. Let me say it this way. Some folks, if you listen to them, they seem to make God and America almost interchangeable. You call it Christian nationalism. Or somebody's nation is almost their religion. Boy, it's quiet in here. Don't get scared. I love America. I'm on board. I am literally wearing red, white, and blue for the occasion. Got fireworks. Going to set them off. But there are some people that seem to interchange God and country, God and America. They speak of their country. Nobody brought tomatoes, did they? I need to know that before I say this. They speak of their country or even their favorite political candidate almost on the same level as Jesus. And that's pretty scary. It is. It is terrifying. I'm not telling you not to support someone. I'm not telling you not to research. I'm not telling you not to campaign. I'm not definitely not telling you not to vote. But they're not Jesus. I don't care which side you're on. I don't care what color flag you fly. And I think there's a big problem that some fly more red or more blue instead of red, white, and blue. But they interchange this, and they speak about a person Almost like that person is equivalent with God in what they can do for our country. That's very scary. Listen, God will certainly use a human being. Of course he does, right? He uses us. That's how God, that's how God works. He moves through the obedience of his people. God certainly will use a human being. He will work through human beings to bring about his purposes. But God can accomplish his purpose through his people regardless of any particular individual and regardless of their position or their power, regardless of who's sitting in the White House. Now, this is the part that scares me. There are people that think that the success of our nation is dependent on whether or not so-and-so gets elected. Now, I'm not going to act like it doesn't matter. It does matter. And boy, you can feel the effects of the wrong one being in office. Come on. But my Bible also says God will raise one up and put another down. God's not caught off guard. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? That he's never had an aha moment. God never said, oh, you don't say. You're kidding me. That's what's going on? They voted for him? For us to ever act like or to behave like, everything's over if we don't elect so-and-so is to greatly limit God, to say the least. 
It is to put our hope in a human being rather than in God himself. At the very least, it's poor judgment on our part, but at the most, it's idolatry. And quite honestly, it's probably teetering more on idolatry. Maybe not teetering. My real freedom is not fixed in my country. And I love America. (laughs) But my real freedom is not fixed in my country. It's in my God. My freedom is in knowing Christ. Here in this great free nation, there are people living in America that aren't free. So living in America doesn't make them free. I'm not talking about someone in dire straits. I'm not talking about the homeless. I'm not talking about an addict. I'm talking about people with money. I'm talking about people who are living the dream, but bound. Right here, they got it all except freedom. However, the apostle Paul shackled in the depths of the worst prison, his heart yet overflowed with joy in Christ himself. And at midnight, they sang out in praise. Acts 16, the crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. They were attacked. They were stripped in public. They were beaten And when they had afflicted many blows upon them, then they threw them into prison. This wasn't a nice taxpayer-funded prison like we have now. Where they would have chained them to the wall, there probably wouldn't have been much light and there would have been a lot of stuff crawling on the wall while they sat in six inches to a foot of sewage water. Ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. This does not sound like a great church service. It is much nicer in here with the air conditioner. And after having had a shower this morning, I hope everyone did have a shower. But at about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. We complain about a lot less. We complain if the preacher doesn't shake our hand. We complain if... If people don't bend over backwards and meet every need, make us feel like they ought to make us feel. Why are you here anyway? Why are you here? Are you here for me to like you? Are you here for a status thing? Are you here for, why are you here? I hope you're here to hear the word of God and to be broken and conformed to his image and then built up to go back out and to live for him as a good soldier, enduring affliction and hardship and everything that comes with life because it's not easy, but it is worth it. What if we would sing praises in our minor inconveniences the way Paul sang praises in the innermost prison? And it says, and the other prisoners started listening to him. 
I wonder what would happen if the people around us saw us reacting like believers instead of reacting like people that don't know their God. I wonder what the world would say. Paul said it this way in Philippians. He said, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. When we operate calm, cool, and collected, you see, we have the same problems that everybody else has. But when the world sees us reacting different, they say, wait a minute, what do you have? The Lord must be at hand. Say, what is this Jesus you talk about? I haven't been listening until now, but I just saw you go through a problem and you didn't freak out like I did when I had the same problem. I may need some of what you've got. You see, real freedom isn't contingent on my circumstances being right. Real freedom is inside. Somebody say, it's inside. Real freedom is inside. You are not free until you are free. Until you are free. But real freedom will cause a fight to rise up in people to gain outward freedom too. And we thank God for it. And that's why we have America. And that's why there's not slavery. Come on. Because somebody got a hold of freedom in here and it spilled out from the inside to the outside. So I'm not talking about that there's not a place for practical freedom. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is that we've got it backwards and we've got it all mixed up. I can be free before I'm free and it will cause me to stand up and make a noise and bring about change. Freedom. Freedom. But we should never confuse the two. We should never confuse outward freedom with the real true freedom and the inward freedom. And if you want the real stuff, we must get to know him. We must get to know him. John 17 and 3. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Perpetual victory, eternal life, is knowing him, continually knowing him. Ephesians 1, 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you. The Apostle Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And here's the prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Paul prayed that believers would have the, and that's the capital S, the spirit of wisdom is the Holy Spirit himself. He said, I'm praying that you will have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the revelation in the knowledge of him. He said, I want you to know him. By the Holy Spirit, you can know Jesus intimately, closely. You can know him. You can hear his voice. You can be in fellowship and in communion with him. This is his prayer for them and for us. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, you'll be able to see what you were never able to see. Your heart will be enlightened to see Christ. You remember when Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. You got to have the thing turned on because it's been off. You've been walking around in darkness. Colossians said you were dead in your trespasses. You were dead men walking around. 
But Jesus moves in and the light comes on and then you get to know him and this starts getting on board with this and the eyes of your understanding, your heart are enlightened. You have the revelation of knowledge in him and the spirit of wisdom and all of a sudden you can see Jesus. You see him in everything and you hear him in everything and you, you see what he's doing and you recognize him. You say, my God, this is God moving at work in my life. He's been here all the while. He's been moving around me. I never saw it before. I never recognized him. But now I see that God is for me and never against me. I can see him. I can know him. I can know him. He said, that you may know. This is the prayer. This is why he wants you to have the spirit of wisdom and the uh, revelation of knowledge and the eyes of your heart to be enlightened. So you can know what is the hope. A lot of folks don't have hope. You don't have freedom if you don't have hope. But Paul said, my prayer for you is that you would know all this, that you could have the hope to which he has called you. God has called you to hope. He's called you unto hope. He's called you to a place of having hope. And so you would know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Who are the saints? We are. Saint just means those who are sanctified, a saint, a sanctified person who has come to Jesus. You're born again. He set you aside. If you're saved, you're a saint. He wants you to know what is the immeasurable, so big you can't measure it, greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He said, I want you to understand that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work in you. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Listen, we are not without hope and we are not without help. We're seated in him in this place and above every name that is named. You know, every problem has a name, and we are part of a name that is above every name. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. What do we learn right there? This is not just hope for later. This is hope for right now. He said, I'm not just talking about right now. I'm talking about later too, which means he is also talking about right now. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body. That's you. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Shh. Can we just stop and shout? Can we just close our eyes and pretend that the organ is screaming and rip chairs out of the floor and dance all over this place? That God, that God is in us and filling all in all? Hallelujah. Rose and I were talking yesterday about folks that attend church but don't worship God. I won't look at anybody particular right now. I'll just keep my little preacher eyes right down here on this iPad read this part to the best of my ability we're talking about folks that attend church but they don't worship God you think I'm talking about the song service but I'm not now we did talk about people that don't worship in song service but that's not really outward some people genuinely worship quiet some people genuinely worship loud so I'm not talking about a style we were talking about people that don't worship. They don't worship in song service. They don't worship in the giving of their tithes and offerings. They go to church for years, and they never worship back there at those boxes. They ignore all the parts of the Bible, everything Jesus said about money. They ignore it. They disobey him. That's worship. 
Our giving is worship. They don't worship in the giving of tithes and offerings. They don't worship in serving. They go to church, but they never serve. They never contribute. They never help. And they don't worship in living for him. They don't live their life for him. I'm not saying they're out living in blatant sin. I'm just saying they don't live for Jesus. They're not accomplishing anything for him. She said, that's so weird. She said, people that come, but they don't worship. And then she said this. She said, they don't know him. She said, they're not putting in the work to get to know him. They don't know him. She said, you cannot worship what you don't know. You can't worship him if you don't know him. Worship is adoration and love. And you can't love somebody if you don't know them. I can't really love you if I don't. I can have a love for you. I can have a care for you as a human being. I don't want you to perish. You know, we can have a burden for souls. But I'm talking about love. Love is an action, not a feeling. Love, love is carried out. Love is you first, me second. Come on. Love. I cannot love you if I don't know you. I can think I love you, but I'm probably just enjoying your benefits. Come on. I, I was telling Rose, there's a, a, a sweet couple that I know, and they're young. They got their stuff together, you know, like great careers, da 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 da, da. And they got together several years ago, and like, they like each other. They get along. They're doing things. And I said, I wonder why they, I said, I wonder why they don't get married. Like, years now. I said, I wonder why they just don't get married. And she said, well, he's probably getting everything he needs for free. Come on, somebody. <laughs> why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? She said, you know, she said, there's a lot of people. I said, you know, uh, I, 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 don't think that they're, I don't think that they're Christians. She said, if a person's not a Christian, she said, why would you, honestly? She said, because you wouldn't have that. It wouldn't matter. And I said, oh. I said, well, maybe, I said, maybe they're working some stuff. I said, maybe they have full intentions. I said, maybe they're getting some money in order and they're doing this and that. You know, I got no judgment for them or anybody. We were just, I was just curious because I know these people and I like them and I thought, they ought to get married. And so she said, yeah, she said, but you know what? My wife knows some stuff. I just steal her notes and preach because I can talk better than her. She's, she's the studier. I'm the talker. Come on, you know. So, what am I talking about? Rose. So, Rose said, you know, she said, everything you're talking about, you know, people trying to get that stuff in order, she said, God designed it that they do that together. She said, you're not supposed to get it in order to get married. She said, you're supposed to get married and y'all are supposed to work through A lot of Christians 
they're having a good time in kids' church. Why can't we have that much bass in here? Right. <laughs> we pray their safety in the Lord. So there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians that are married to Jesus the same way a lot of married folks are married to each other or that they're together. I want the benefits, but I don't want to put in the work to know you. Come on, somebody. You know that marriage is a picture of salvation. That's the purpose of marriage. That's what marriage is. Marriage is the picture of the body of Christ being married to Christ. That's the purpose of marriage. But there are a lot of people, they want the benefits of God, but they're not doing anything for God. Oh, I love him. Do you? What is it you love about him? Tell me about Jesus. Uh, Preacher, I love Jesus. Oh, great. Tell me what you love the most about him. What is it about him? What is it about his personality? What is it about his nature and characteristics? Explain to me. Tell me the ways I love you. (laughs) Explain to me how you love Jesus. And pretty soon people start talking, and they don't know him at all. They just love the idea of him. They love that he might swoop in and rescue them if you get the right person to pray. You know? I can enjoy your benefits. I can love what you do for me, but I cannot love you without knowing you. I hope this is helping somebody. It's awful quiet in here. I am not really free if I don't know him. A lot of folks are going to eat barbecue and light fireworks in the name of freedom that don't really know who freedom is. I'm not a Christian nationalist. I defy it, as a matter of fact. I am a Christian, a Christ follower. I love my country, but my faith is in Jesus. Come on. I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud because of the men and women that have given their lives for what we get to live in, but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness on Christ the rock. Come on. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Jesus, we're going to preach now, okay? That was all the intro. Jesus is not a member of a political party. Can I tell you today, Jesus is not a Republican. And can I tell you that Jesus is not a Democrat? I thought that might get a bigger amen, I don't know. As a matter of fact, Jesus is not even an American. He is the Son of God. And Jesus is not a Christian. He is the Christ. He exists before and beyond any institution, organization, nation, or religion. He is God before creation. He is God before all time. He is God alone, and he is God all by himself. 
There is none above him. There is none before him. There's none beside him. He is self-sufficient, all-sufficient, omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Jesus does, not, Jesus does not fit in your box, your brand, or your brain. He supersedes all matter, space, and time. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the hello and the goodbye. He's the front door and the back porch, the top shelf, the storm cellar, the inside addition, the outer space, and the cream filling. That's who Jesus is. He is all of that in a bag of chips. He's the one of which all existence exists in. He is the I am. He's the best around and nothing's going to ever keep him down. Come on, somebody. He is God. He's unstoppable. No amount of grief, no grave, and no government can slow him down. All the stuff we complain about is not in charge of God. He's not worried. He's not twiddling his thumbs scared or trying to figure out what to do. He's not down. He's up. He's not oppressed, repressed, stressed, or depressed. He's still on the throne. He still has a plan, and he is still your victory. If you have anything worth having, you have it because of him. If you're free today, it's because the Son has made you free, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. And most of all, this great God loves me. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Every day is Independence Day when you know him. Every day is Christmas when you know him. Every day is Easter when you know him. On my best day, I'm a child of God. And on my worst day, I'm a child of God. When we know who he is, I can't believe anybody's up, not up on their feet. When we know who he is and we know who we are in him, we'll live every day for him and the world around us will start looking at him. Are you hearing this today? Do you know freedom? Do you know Jesus? Give him a mighty hand clap of praise and a shout. Hallelujah. Singers, musicians, would you come? Get on your feet and give it up for Jesus. Put your hands together and shout to him a shout of freedom and of victory. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy 4th of July. Hallelujah. Jesus. I'm going to start saying that when I pray for people. Kaboom. I think we might get something done with it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You got to know him. You got to know him. I can't do that part for you. Your preacher cannot have your relationship with God for you. I'm supposed to lead you, but you're supposed to feed you. I give you one meal on Sunday. Come on. Try eating one meal at home on Sunday and not the rest of the week. You're going to be real hungry and irritable. Well, chances are some of the things that aren't working like they ought to work is probably because you're hungry and irritable. You've got to be knowing him for yourself. 
you got to set time aside and talk to him. He's there. How rude would it be if we ignored a human like we ignore God? And the psalmist said to acknowledge him in all your ways, or rather uh, Solomon, it's in the Proverbs, Proverbs 3. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your path. You're supposed to acknowledge him. What's it mean to acknowledge? We know what it means to acknowledge somebody. Hello. Nice to see you. I recognize that you're here, and God is ever-present. We get up in the morning, and we don't acknowledge him. We go to bed. We don't acknowledge him. We don't acknowledge him throughout the day, and he's doing everything. He's all around us, and he's working and doing stuff. And we don't stop to acknowledge him. Become aware of the presence of God. If you're born again, he's in you. If you're not, you need to be. And he wants to be in you. Acknowledge him. Jesus, good morning. I know John says it. Good morning, Jesus, every day. Good morning, Jesus. Thank you for giving me this day. I opened my eyes. Thank you. I'm breathing. Thank you. Got my leg over the side of the bed. Thank you. Thank you. And Jesus, I need you today. I don't even know how much I do need you. You know it better than I do, but help me not to take you for granted. I invite you into this day. I welcome you into this day. And God, help me not to use you to accomplish what I want. But help me to realize what you want and to join you. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.